Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Pushing the limits time. So glad you could join us. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. And we are broadcasting live not only on the AM dial on KSHP. We are also streaming live everywhere. Pushing Limits LV is my Twitter page, our Pushing the Limits Facebook fan page. We're everywhere on SeaWind's Facebook page. We're all over the place. So thank you so much for joining us. And yes, I'll get to that. SeaWind is in studio as well. We got a fun show lined up for you. We got a lot to get to. Man, I, I I love I love this woman. She is so funny. One of my favorite comics in town. And and boy, she's uh, open for Bill Maher, Arsenio Hall, David Tell. The very funny Kathleen Dunbar is going to be joining us in studio hour number two. I'm really looking forward to that. She is really funny. Anybody who knows me, and, and Chris certainly does, uh, I have a background in basketball officiating. Well, there is a basketball official in this town that I've worked with before, really nice guy, at a facility that I've worked at before called Doolittle Community Center. I can give you some opinions about that place. Well, this basketball official was assaulted and could have ended his life. He was knocked unconscious. I think he's still in the hospital, if I'm not mistaken, at the hands of uh, coaches and a player who assaulted him. It's just a, it's a really scary story, so we're going to talk about this. And, and it brings to a bigger point, which is parents and uh, coaches in society today. So we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, in the program as well. We're going to get to this nutty candidate, which is Candace Taylor running in Georgia GOP. Uh, her, uh, I guess you could call it her, her campaign line that she speaks of are guns, Jesus, and babies. So we'll talk about that. Those three really go together, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, See you win in the house, uh, by the way. Chris, how was your weekend? Brian, good to join you. My weekend was active, of course. A lot going so on here in Vegas. Why are you so loud? Actually, you, know, you, you know the deal, my friend. I am someone who projects very strongly, okay? <laughs> it's something that happens, especially when we're coming out of the gate, baby. It's the first day of the week. That's right. Our first day of the weekday, I should, or we of of the. Uh, that is work true. Week. That is true. So, I like I like the excitement coming out with some coming out. I like the coming energy out, coming out with some. Uh, yes. I like some, the some vigor, my friend. I do it. I like it. Yeah. I, li- I like the energy. I always do. So yeah. I had a chance to catch up with uh, one of my favorite comics. He was on the show last week. Steve Hofstetter saw yeah. his show on Friday. God, is he mm-hmm. funny? He is so funny. He is hilarious. So I had an opportunity to uh, see his show. Uh, which was great. And then I had some friends from out of town, by the way, uh, coming into town. And so one of my friends uh, from out of town, he has this like $10,000 suite. Ten thousand. He's like a huge gambler at the Venetian. So he gets this uh, suite that it's just it's unbelievable. It's got Sounds very Vegas, Brian. Steam room, very Vegas. sauna, like three bedrooms. That's the way to do it. Yeah, it was crazy. That's, that's hardcore right nuts. there. So he tells me um, Friday night, like 10 p.m., we're having dinner. Yeah. And he tells me, he's like, hey, Brian, I, I want to go on a date with a couple of girls. I, uh, no, I don't want working girls. It's not what I'm looking for. Um, but I want I want to spend some time with some nice ladies and show them a good time. And if something happens, great. And, and if it doesn't happen, you know, it is what it is. 
So I'm going through my phone, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know any prostitutes because I don't hang out with prostitutes. Chris, I know you might, but Wait I Wait a minute. You just, said, you just said he doesn't want working girls. Right. So what are you talking so you gotta about? Let you me don't finish. know any prostitutes. So, he's not going right. to go down that road, Well, bro. you got to let me finish. you, you got to let me finish. Well, You're not letting me finish the story. I, I made it as a joke, but it, it is true. I don't know any quote-unquote working girls, so I'm glad that's not what he wanted because I would just tell him to call you know, girls direct to you, You know the things on the strip. Yeah, <laughs> I would the, just tell him to make the that little call. Pamphlets yeah. the, uh, so anyway, I'm going through my phone. <laughs> And uh, slapping. There's a young lady that I met about five, six weeks ago. Very attractive lady, and uh, we had gone out a few times already. And uh, I figured she might have some friends, and she did. And I sent her a message: Hey, here's the deal. I got this guy in town who wants to show you and your friend a good time. We'll all go out. We'll have a good time. Great. So anyway, everything's going really well. And he buys like five, six hundred dollars worth of food, and these chicks they're they're ordering it up, room service and steak and you you name sugar it, sugar daddy, yeah, the sugar most, daddy the style most, right there. He's got bottles of champagne. He's whining, dining these girls, and yeah. I'm, of course I'm having a great time. Right, we're playing we're playing card games up there. Uh, it was it was great. Everything's fun. So the girl that I know, we're we're having fun, we're having a good time. Let's just say without getting into specific details, everything went very well between me and her. Okay, we had a great time, and she's awesome. I really enjoyed her company. We had fun. This whole time, he's attracted to this other girl, and she just won't do any. She won't go anywhere near him. Like there's no physical attraction uh, for you know. So I'm put in a really awkward situation because. He's like, Brian, what's up with your girl's friend? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I got, what do you want me to do? I, there's nothing I can do about it. He's, he's, he's paid for, for a lot of stuff already, dinner and everything else. So it was, it was one of the most awkward situations I've ever been put on, on, on a date. It was really weird because her friend is just not into my friend. But yet he, he's taking the attitude. Up. When I'm trying to explain to him in the other room is, listen, dude, you take your chances sometimes. You, you show a girl a good time. If she's not into you, she's not into you. What do you want me to do? Right. Okay. So Brian and to Numchuck, th- let me get into a translation here. Okay, <laughs> of what Brian has just described. There is an inferred expectation by your buddy. Okay, that was in town. That because you just mentioned the money and how much he spent, and you know uh, how much he, you know he, how much he threw down, that there should have been some kind of exchange of other pleasantries that went on just because he spent money on. It. Is that is that the deal? Is that what I'm getting uh, here? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Perhaps, perhaps or perhaps or yes. Is it um, not perhaps, or is it yes? Well, that's exactly what we're I talking about. I think there are some men, and by the way, I don't <laughs> is think— Is that what we're talking about? I don't think that this is uh, the right way to go about thinking, but I think there are some men in society, and I believe it to be wrong, but there are some men in society, especially those that have a lot of money, that think if you wine and dine somebody and you spend a lot of money on somebody, you expect sexual favors in return. Now, I'm certainly not that person that thinks that way. Uh, if I take somebody out and, and, and I show them a good time and, and the physical chemistry isn't there, then then so be it. That's the risk you take. I would never uh, make somebody feel uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, listen, the truth be told, if I took Chris Wynn on a very expensive date, I would expect something in return, but on normal circumstances. Uh, but I don't. But um, so anyway, he was upset. Tip your waitresses and uh, He was drunk. Folks. Okay, there was a lot of alcohol involved. He was yeah. a little drunk, so he was getting very angry. Uh, the situation was so uncomfortable, and I think he was also upset that that I got a little loving, and he didn't. Um <laughs> By the way, using his this is, suite. This is how we start the morning off, yeah, PTL yeah, listeners yeah, out there. Yeah. You, get to t- you, get to, you get to hear about Brian's exploits yes. on the weekends, baby. Yes. That's how we so, do it. So he was, he was a little bit, uh, <laughs> shall I say? 
shall I say, frustrated. Little Marvin Gaye, Brian. Little Marvin Can Gaye. Can I tell you the best part? For, for uh, you yeah. know, your story here. Can I tell you the best part? So your electric story. In this, right in this uh, suite, they have all these robes, right, and steam. So I'm steaming and uh, with, with this girl. I, I wore my robe, right? I'm steaming. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're having fun, and I, again, I won't go into detail. I walk out of one of the rooms, out of one of the steam rooms with this girl, and we're both wearing robes. Obviously, nothing underneath. So we walk out. Okay, and so this, now we are. Now you are physically. And this guy, are, you are right, shut up and let me vomiting all, all right, over right, Las Vegas right, 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 right now, Brian. Shut up and let me okay, finish. And all over the web, by right, the way. Shut up. Let me finish. Uh, so well, I, I'll let you finish, I guess. But, thank you. That's ahead. very nice of you. Yeah. Uh, so as we're walking out of the uh, bedroom in our robes, <laughs> he's sitting there, and this girl is sitting across from him, won't even touch him, and he gives me this look of death because I'm wearing the robe in this in this ten thousand dollars suite, using the amenities and his facilities. He's sitting there alone with a bottle of champagne. She won't sit him. She's on her cell phone talking to probably some other guy, and he was like, "Okay." I think the night's over. That was the end of it for him. He was like, okay. So they leave, and then he's like so frustrated, and he's like, I'm just going to go downstairs and gamble. He proceeds to lose a lot of money, um, and then he sends me a a text message because the night was like like 4 in the morning. He sends me a text message that says... Word, note to self, don't ever gamble when you have blue balls. That, that was the message he sent to me. <laughs> so this guy had two bad beats, Numbchuck yes, and Brian. Yes. He had two bad beats. He did. Not only did he lose his money on the casino floor, <laughs> yes, but true. he also lost when it came to this scenario that you just no, The bad about. beat was him the seeing weekend. me. Bad, rough beat. Rough well, beat for the guy. No, the bad beat started for was him seeing me half naked in one of his oh, robes. That's, that's just dumb. <laughs> Walking yeah. out of again, the steam again, room again, in his suite. Again. Again. <laughs> TMI, TMI, Shapiro. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. TMI. Anyway, TMI. So that's how TMI, my uh, that's how my uh, night went yes. uh, on Saturday. <laughs> Yesterday, I took a nice lady to. Uh, we went to Benihana. Actually, we had a very good time. I love Benihana. So, so Numchuck, we're it's gonna fun. do this quickly because we got to get to some serious stuff here. But although this is very serious, <laughs> Numchuck, while I'm out with a very pretty lady at uh, Benihana. Chris Wynn and his roommate proceed to Mark send, Nelson. Yeah, send me texts. My roommate, Nelly. They proceed to send me text messages knocking me for being on a date while the two of them are hanging out with each other in their house. They're making fun of me being out with a pretty girl. Okay, so you're not being factually accurate <laughs> once again. Shapiro does this. Numchuck, he does this all the time. He's, he's trying to like steer this towards, oh, woe is me, Brian Shapiro. Okay? We were not knocking you. Okay. We were giving you doses of reality as two of your buddies, okay? We were kicking well, doses that's, of that's reality debatable. towards you, okay? That's, that's what debatable. we were doing. We were not knock. I, I wouldn't use the word knocking. We weren't, we weren't being disparaging These two guys haven't had a date in probably a so, year, yeah. and they're making fun of me for being out with a pretty lady. Anyway, so we don't need to go into detail there. Uh, Chris, yeah. you don't need to share with everybody when was the last hot date you had. That's so you don't have, I don't expect you well, to I, didn't, I wasn't doing that. Uh, when was the last date you had? It was... Probably months ago. Actually, months. months ago, yeah. Months. When was the last time a woman touched you? In a sexual way, not a slap. Seven, eight months ago? Yeah. Okay, we'll move on now. Uh, let's. Talk. Well, I mean, you're, you're asking dumb questions. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get a, you know, a meaningless answer. Nobody, nobody cares out there. They don't care. They don't when care was the last time you played care. Caveman Kino? A matter of a minutes ago? I'll put it in minutes, even though it was technically hours ago. I'll say minutes because it was, you know. Okay, fair enough. It Fair was, enough. It was, it, was, it was very recently. Let's put it that way. All right. We'll move on now. But anyway, it was a fun weekend. By the way, yeah. we had a festival in town, also known as EDC. Can I just can I just start off by saying this? Because, you know, if you guys don't know what EDC is, it's right near the speedway there. And I hate the music. It's all this techno music. And, and yeah, I just I hate it. It's terrible. 
I, I don't listen to this crap. Anyway, back in the day, the only techno I listened to was like a band called Prodigy back in the day. That's about the closest I went to it. So you have all these women that are dressed up basically half naked, right? It's an excuse for women and men, well, by the way. Well, it's not just men. I mean women. It's men, too. I was getting to that. Yeah, well. Be patient. I'm getting that. I just said it's it's an opportunity for women and men basically to dress almost naked. I mean, it's it's like I think of the, the movie Borat. Remember that swimsuit that Borat was wearing? You see a lot of people yeah. wearing stuff like that, right? The, the Borat swim. So anyway, in my opinion, it's an excuse for women to show their stuff. And it doesn't matter what you look like to be half naked and men to be walking around with erections all day. That's basically that's basically what well, you would is. categorize it that way. I would say that it's an acquired <laughs> taste, right, of people that enjoy EDM music. You talked about Prodigy, right? That's a band from the 90s, okay, which is an early onset of of EDM music, which is which is big with with yeah. a faction of yes. the population. Now they yes. like the music. I'm with you, Brian. I'm with you. I'm not a huge EDM yeah. guy. I'm not. Listen, don't get me wrong. Go. Some of the outfits I like, uh, you yeah, know, but, they're, 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 but it's but, not our thing. So anyway, it's the reason why thing. the reason why no, it's not the reason why. Well, I like the, the outfits that some of the women are wearing. That's certainly my thing. I'm talking but about anyway, the EDM music, yes, though. Yeah, but and anyway, the, and the whole the whole essence so, of the of yeah. EDC the car, the, car, the, the carnival and yeah. the whole so, event. So the reason why I bring this up, Chris, is because I'm leaving the Venetian. At around 4.35 in the morning. That's the time on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, all the EDC partiers, the tourists, which 90% of them are, probably more, are headed back to the Strip. It is a blank show, you know, an S show. Like You would not believe. First of all, most of these people, uh, some of them have taken some drugs. No question about that. Uh, and I'm not just talking about marijuana, a lot of other drugs. Most of them are completely trashed drunk. You see these women walking on the strip and walking into the casinos looking like they're going to vomit any second um, and I see like the com- and I hear the conversation that they're having and they're priceless and some of them are so tired because they've been raving all night and they can't move they're dehydrated it is it, just to actually film these people walking at that hour is priceless and I did I have a few films in my uh in my little cell phone there because it's it's like it's unbelievable. It's like watching people walk out of a club at four in the morning times ten because they've drank more, probably more drugs in their system. Not all of them, but most of them. And and you know they're all tourists. They're, and, and but here's the funny part: they're walking around in some of these nice casinos in outfits like a thong and like revealing, and you can see everything. You know, it's like an outfit that you would see in a strip club, a stripper wear. Only they're walking at four thirty-five in the morning in like some of the nicest casinos on the strip. So it's a very interesting situation to say the least. But I do enjoy the view. I do. I, it was fun. It was entertaining to watch. And I'm always interested too in the aftermath, right? The day after, which is today, by the way, which is Monday, which is after the weekend. I want to hear the statistics, right, guys? When it comes to Metro and as far as arrests, and because you talked about you know the drug use and all this kind of, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on obviously during the weekend that that's kind of wild when it comes to EDC, no question, and the whole thing, no question. And you talked about it. Look, it, you talked about the, the the actual you know people down on the strip. Essentially, what it's like, it's like the people walking out of the clubs every single you know weekend night in Las Vegas, except with a little bit more elaborate outfits, right? As you described, you yeah. described about about how crazy some of these outfits are when it comes to EDC. So that's. As to the unique, but look, it's an experience, Brian. Right? It's uniqueness. It's not our bag, right? It's not our thing. It's but but it's it's something that uh, basically draws you know hundreds of thousands of people to mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Strip one weekend every year, where they pretty much go nuts, and so, it adds to uh, kind of the the uh, 
the allure of Las Vegas in some. So ways. it looks like there were 33 felony narcotic arrests right. uh, when you th- uh, on the second day of EDC. On the first day, it was like 25. Mm-hmm. So when you think of how many people were there and how many drugs were there, uh, it could be a lot worse. Uh, you know, so so you're looking at a little over 50 arrests, which this is not. Not terrible. My understanding is no, nobody lost their life. There have been EDC festivals in the past where people have overdosed or people died of, uh, I guess you could say, dehydration exactly. or heat stroke. Essentially, yes. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. But, hey, I'm, I hope everybody had a great time. Obviously, it's great for the economy. It's great for Las Vegas, and it's great for my eyes. Not necessarily the men for me personally, but for the women, just to do some uh, looking around. But uh, anyway, so, Chris, have you heard of this candidate? Her name is Candace Taylor. I have. You have heard of it. So, I've seen her ads, Brian. Yes. And I'm sure we're going to get into it, but it's yes. uh, some wacky stuff. So if you haven't heard of her, Chris has. Uh, she is a candidate, GOP candidate in Georgia. Her slogan, her campaign slogan, something that is on her bus and something that she says at every speech is Jesus, guns, and babies. Now, I'm not making this up. It's not like a parody account where you know this is a real thing. That is her slogan. Because I'm sure back in the day when Jesus was on this earth, I'm sure the two things that he thought about were guns and babies. I'm sure that's, that's what was on his mind. Makes complete sense. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Candace Taylor. In our first clip here, she's talking about church and state. This was a campaign rally, or as I would like to call it, Klan rally that she held in Georgia over the weekend. Have a listen to this. We are not ashamed. We're going to do a political rally and we're going to honor Jesus. We're going to say his name. We're not going to compromise. We're going to have Pastor Todd Coconado that came up here and delivered an awesome word. And we're not going to be ashamed. And they're not going to tell us separation of church and state. We are the church. And we run the state. The church as a business doesn't get to monetarily control the government. I will never let that happen. There will no church in Georgia monetarily control the government. But we are the church, friends. It's us. We are the church. And it says of, by, and for the people. The church runs the state of Georgia. This state is sovereign. This is our state. We decide what happens. We decide if we kill babies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. That just this chick just kills me. Kills she, you. She kills me. This woman is the antithesis of why we have a separation of church and state. We Let me are tell you something, Brian. Let me tell you something. Okay, if you're railing against uh, against separating church and state, then you are part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. Okay, <laughs> she's got guns. That's just the way it is. She's got guns, babies, and Jesus behind she's her. A lunatic. She's it a lunatic. gets worse. Wait, it gets worse. Listen to this. This is another speech she made over the weekend about Jesus, guns, and so babies. So bad. Ready? I mean, Listen to this. So atrocious. Listen to this. It gets worse. The First Amendment right, which is our right to worship Jesus freely. That's why we have a country. That's why we have Georgia. That's why we had our founding fathers come over here and destroy American Indians' homes and their land. They took it. Look at what they went through, Native Americans, for sacrifice, for us to have the freedom we have today. Uh, wait, so, so Indians were, were scalped and, and, be, and killed? Uh, sacrifice? What is she talking about? What is she talking about? That was an atrocity. The high, the that was a race of, of that was a race of people that were murdered and killed. What are you talking about? Sacrifice. That wasn't a sacrifice. That was murder. They were murdered. 
Was the Holocaust a sacrifice for Jews? What is she talking about? And it's just a, a combination of ignorance and hyperbole, right? Across the way, it just, it's just so mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. And, and Brian, in today's day and age, in the United States of America, people like this are getting serious consideration to run for public office. I know. People like this have a platform and have a forum, and they have followers and listeners and believers yeah. And supporters, yeah. it's 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 absolutely astonishing to me. Astonishing. So at this people like this have that that so, have that have as big of a platform as they do. We're two guys in Vegas talking about this woman in Georgia running for governor. Yeah, in Vegas. So at this, I mean, this uh, is just so bad. At this clan so rally, bad. at this clan rally in Georgia over the weekend with Candace Taylor, uh, she's talking about Jesus and babies and calling all Democrats murderers, and, and she calls herself. This is the best part. She calls herself this amazing Christian woman, right? This woman of faith, because uh, I'm sure God and Jesus or whoever you believe, and I'm sure his thought of, of religion and his thought of freedom was everyone carrying assault weapons. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he wanted, and, and t- get, taking away a woman's Telling right to mo- choose, saying mothers. Of uh, Saint, you know, prospective mothers or people, women that get pregnant are murderers. They're all murderers if you get an abortion. I mean, it's just she's it's talking so about on every she, level. This is how stupid this woman is. In that last clip, she talked about the American Indians who were murdered, and when she talked about these American Indians that were murdered, she used the term sacrifice about our freedom like it was some sort of good thing look at the sacrifice uh, can you play that clip again because it, it, it's short listen to what she says about the american indians being massacred and she turns it into a positive listen to this the first amendment right which is our right to worship jesus freely that's why we have a country that's why we have georgia that's why we had our founding fathers come over here and destroy american indians homes and their land they took it look at what they went through native americans for sacrifice, for us to have the freedom we have today. What are you talking about? Sacrifice? What is she? Does she? Uh, the, the did Indians you hear were, that? The, the Native Americans were victims. What is what she talking you, about? That has nothing to do with. By the way, it's in twenty. We're in twenty twenty two right now. How does how does this even come into uh, you know, being when it comes to your personal? campaign running for governor how does this even equate to it right how does this even come into come into play yeah it has nothing to do with the the modern american society and the modern american political landscape. you know what's interesting That's chris it. it's 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 a nothing you book. know they the, a lot of these uh, evangelical right republicans yeah. they talk about critical race theory and they don't want certain history being treated to be being being taught in our schools maybe this is a perfect example of maybe she should go back to school and learn history because she has no idea what happened to the american indians and why what exactly took place and what these poor people had to go through these families and this atrocity and then she's turning it into a positive right am i wrong she's saying this is why we're free in Georgia. Look at the sacrifice. Look what we did to the land of the Indians. Sacrifice. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. I mean, is this is this for real? Is this a real candidate on the GOP? Are you effing kidding me? She's turn. Am I wrong? The She's short tur- answer, Brian, is yes. <laughs> this is a real candidate. She's yes. turning it into a positive. What happened to and the massacre? And this is one of the candidates, Brian, by the way, <laughs> that's trying to oust Brian Kemp, a fellow. You know, th- this is the kind of candidate who's talking smack, right, and criticizing <laughs> the current governor, who happens to also be a Republican. <laughs> it's so right? crazy. Like it's just, it's just so I out of control. March, bananas. I, <laughs> like I, the way, what, what we just heard, right, and what we've both been describing here in the last five, six, seven minutes is kind of the antithesis of American politics today, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of absurdity. Just a lot of completely non-serious people. They have their agendas. 
They're weird. A lot of them are weird, right? And have crazy ideas that they spout off on a daily, sometimes minute-by-minute basis. It's, you know, look, we're, we're kind of making fun of this, obviously, and we're, and, we're, and we're clowning her a bit, but we're also talking about a serious topic. This is a woman who is running for public office, who, who believes that she should be in a position of leadership, Ryan, that believes that she should be in a position where she is voting and making decisions for the American people. This, while it's hilarious and while we mock it and while we clown it, is, is not really a funny thing. It's actually a sad and pathetic thing. Well, it's dangerous. It shows you the state yeah. of, of American politics today and the discourse that's going on. It's, it's absolutely, completely ridiculous in every way, shape, or form. Well, it's dangerous, and it's, it's really astounding. that the, I always knew that there were people like this out there, but I can't believe that there are people like this out there that are supported uh, by some to be uh, not just political candidates to run, but but maybe even to win. It's 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 really scary. We'll have to continue to to monitor this situation and this nut job, Candace Taylor. But you know, she's not the only one. There's a lot of people on the far right that have her same viewpoints. Uh, they're ignorant people. I'm not saying everybody that is ultra religious or on the far right is ignorant. That's not what I'm saying. But it does appear to be that there are a lot of people that are on the alt right that call themselves Christians. That are the ultra religious people that are calling women murderers, women that get abortions. And they're going after, uh, you know, everyday normal people, even people that get vaccines. I mean, it's really or it's just it's, it's really scary the, the times that we're living in today. By the way, before we take a break, Chris, I don't know if you saw this. Speaking of uh, Brian Kemp, did you, did you hear this? Mike Pence is considering running for president in 2024. Uh, he made some statements this morning about that. And I guess a lot of Republicans are going after him. This is a guy. Or many on the Trump, the Trumpists out there, uh, some of them on January 6th that were saying, Hang Mike Pence. I think this guy has no relevance anymore anywhere. Uh, and it's funny because Joe Walsh, uh, former presidential candidate, made a statement on Twitter, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Need a third party. You know, uh, need a third party. There are some of these reasonable Republicans that, that refuse, that, that absolutely refuse uh, to leave the party. This is what Joe Walsh said. You can tell me if you agree or not. He said a third party's coming sooner than fo- sooner than later, folks. Uh, but people like Mike Pence, Paul Ryan, Liz Cheney, Bob Corker, Jeff Flake, and so many others will never leave the Republican Party. But there are so many others across the political spectrum who are done with the two parties. I completely agree with that statement. I think we need a separate party. Uh, but why is it you think there's so many that refuse to leave the party? Well, I'll respond to that, Brian, because I, I understand why yourself and Joe feel that way. And there's the sentiment, which I wouldn't necessarily disagree with, right, that, yes, a third party I think would be good for the the discourse of American politics and be good for this country. That being said, right now, you think about both the Republican and Democratic Party, they got a huge head start, right, Brian? We're talking about decades upon decades of a head start that they would have. So I just don't know about what kind of relevance, you know, with respect to a a, a new third party coming into play, how how effective they would be. Because yeah. it's just it's, you just you, the, the Democratic and Republican parties have such a huge head start sure. that it would be difficult, I think, mm-hmm. from a relevant standpoint for a third party to be viable, right? And you yeah. have now look, there could be a situation where you have a, 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 a lightning in a bottle type of candidate, right? Somebody who is is considered the 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 head of that new independent party that you and Joe are talking about. Right. That could be relevant when it comes to American politics quickly. Mm-hmm. I believe that could be the case. One person, maybe a couple people. Yeah. But as far as a third party being 
uh, you know, ultra relevant when it comes to the, you know, the whole landscape of politics in America, I think it'd be difficult. Yeah. Uh, b- biggest stiff, by the way. Mike Pence, the stiff. He was uh, a lapdog for the former president by the of the way, States, Donald Trump. And by that's, the way, what, that's what Mike by Pence the way, was. By the way, I don't mean that. Zero credibility. Zero. By, by the way, I don't mean that in a uh, positive way. In the no. porn world, being stiff is a good thing. But when I call Mike Pence a stiff, it's not a positive. It's a negative. Anyway, <laughs> moving on now. By the way, I want to tell you guys. As we know, in the city of Las Vegas, and Chris, you know this very well, it's hard to find a good attorney. There are a lot of bad attorneys out there. I mean, there's bad attorneys everywhere, and there are some good ones. And I want to tell you about a personal friend of mine and somebody who has a tremendous amount of experience that will help you. His name is Thomas Moskal. Now, that name might be familiar, and the reason why it's familiar, not just because he's been on this show before, but he was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years, a former DA here in Clark County. So you want to talk about somebody that has a ton of experience. How do you like – that has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Hey, who's your attorney? My attorney is the former DA here in Clark County. That's pretty cool. You know, not every day you can make a statement like that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, trust me, man. Nobody knows more about DUI law in Nevada than this guy, uh, Thomas Moskal. So I'm asking you to give him a call. 702-848-5555. And again, that number, 702-848-5555. Uh, keep also in mind his relationships with prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law will help you. I promise that. You mention my name, you give him a call, and I promise you he will take care of you. His experience and knowledge are second to none. Again, that number, 702-848-5555. That's Thomas Moskal Law, 702-848-5555. Give him a call. Tell him I sent you. All right, here's what we're going to do, Chris. We're going to take a quick break. Why am I talking to you? I'm talking to listeners. Who cares what you? Why am I talking to Chris? Well, I'm in studio. I'm, I'm, I'm in studio here. co-hosting with you today. That's why you said, you said my name. Why do I do that? I'm t- way it's too simple stuff. Brian, well, this is radio. One why am one. I so cordial this morning? I know, but I'm never cordial to you. Why am I so? You cordial? aren't. That's true. It's crazy. I do concur with you on <laughs> okay, that good. front. I'm glad I we do. agree. I'm glad we agree on something. I'm not talking to Chris. Who cares what he thinks? I'm talking <laughs> to the listeners. Uh, anyway, coming up next, uh, serious topic that we do need to discuss. We've had a little fun in the first segment, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm a former basketball official, as you know, Chris. I've been refing for 20 years. A former. Well, I shouldn't say former. I'm sure he's current. uh, Current official uh, that I've worked with. uh, Well, he almost lost his life. He got knocked out in a parking lot after refing a basketball game. We'll tell you exactly what happened. It is unbelievably uh, sad and scary. So we'll take a quick break and we'll discuss this when we come back. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. So glad you could join us. We got C. Wynn in studio. We got the very funny and talented stand-up comic Kathleen Dunbar coming in studio, hour number two. I want to tell you about a fresh new candidate that I met recently. Her name is Eva Chase. She is running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. And uh, she is a transgender woman. She is very LGBT uh, the community uh, very much involved uh, with Black Lives Matter, and she really supports a lot of the uh, causes that I support as well. So I'm asking you to check her out on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, just learn a little bit more about her. Uh, a really wonderful person who's been living in this city for a long time, works at uh, at Mandalay Bay. Uh, she's been there for 13 years. Please check her out, Eva Chase, for Lieutenant Governor. And as I mentioned, coming up in hour number two, a very funny comedian, Kathleen Dunbar, Dunbar joining us in studio. So, Chris, I've been a uh, basketball official, as you know, for uh, two decades. Why? Well, sometimes the money's okay, but I certainly never do it 
just for the money. Well, you love the sport. Uh, I love basketball. And when I uh, was in college, 20 years old, I was coaching a varsity team. And then when I stopped coaching, I decided to uh, be an official because it kept me around the game, keeps you in shape. Obviously, right now it's not working, as you can see. But uh, I stopped officiating over the course of the last couple of years because I stopped enjoying it. Uh, there were moments where I would officiate, and I, I uh, like a good competitive basketball game, two good coaches. I really enjoyed that. But for the most part, I stopped enjoying uh, roughing basketball. And the reason why I stopped is because some of the parents, and I'm not saying all, some of the parents, some of the coaches are just completely out of control. The way they, the way they treat us as officials, the way they treat their kids. I mean, you're, we're talking sometimes 8, 9, 10-year-old kids, and they make these kids cry, and they scream at them. Parents are screaming. I mean, I've been called some – do you know I – okay, I'm going to save this story. Um, I was officiating a game at Doolittle, the Doolittle Community Center, and we're going to talk about – the reason why I'm bringing up Doolittle, I'll explain in a couple minutes because there was an official that was assaulted there. I was roughing a game at – I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I was roughing a game at Doolittle Community Center, and there were like eight, eight nine, ten-year-old kids. And the coaches were totally fine in this game. They're not always fine. The coaches were cool. Uh, It was a a good competitive game, but again, nine, 10-year-olds. I had people yelling at me in the stands, calling me the N-word. Me. Now, you shouldn't call anybody that. So I turned around and I said, who said that? Who said that? And nobody says anything. And I turn around and I say, if I hear anybody say anything like that ever again, you're out of here, right? I heard it again. And I saw the woman who called me that. I go over to the scorer's table and I said, I am not going to finish this game if this woman is allowed to be in the gym. Get her out of here right now or the game does not continue. They were not going to throw her out. Now, there are some nice people at Doolittle Community Center. There are some nice employees there that do a very good job. But there are also a few employees there that are absolute complete clowns. I don't know how much money they're making, but that doesn't matter. They're terrible at what they do over there. And they allow this type of behavior to happen. They didn't throw her out. They threw her out of the gym, but she was able to look through like a glass window, if that's if I'm making sense. And I said to myself, that's it. I am never going to officiate another game here again. First of all, I do fear for my safety. And not just that place. In, in some other places, too. I've had really unruly coaches parents in fact the last aau game i officiated which was maybe a year and a half two years ago i had a kid that threw his elbows when he grabbed a rib these are 10 11 year old kids they're just learning the game right and you had a a piece of garbage for a basketball coach there he's just an awful person one of his kids grabs the rebound you know how they stick their elbows out sometimes when you grab a rebound fine if you don't make contact with somebody no problem i'm not gonna call fall but he flails his elbows and he hits a kid in the chest 100 percent of the time that's an offensive fall and I call the foul, and he, and he jumps out on the floor. So I throw him out of the game, you know, and I tell the and I heard he was waiting for me outside. So I had a couple people walk me to my car. I said, that's it. I'm taking a break from this, right? So that's why I stopped officiating. And now I hear a story about a guy who, by the way, I've refed games with before, and he's a good referee, and he's a nice man. And I'm going to tell you the story, Chris, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. His name is Perry Woodward. He was refing a basketball game, a youth basketball game, at Doolittle Community Center. Now, my understanding is Woodward says that his game had already ended and he was watching another game because he said, you know, all we have is each other and it's a brotherhood uh, where you wait until the other games in the other gym are over and then you walk out with the other officials. That's, that's a normal thing. Referees, if your game ends and there's another game going on, you, you wait until the other game ends sometimes. Not all the time. I didn't always do that. 
So apparently the other game had ended, and the referee on the other court, his name is Sean Rowe, who I've also worked with before. Nice guy. He said one of the coaches, and this is the guy who was assaulted, he said one of the coaches was unhappy with the outcome of the game after it ended, was very aggressive in questioning some of Rowe's calls. He became animated and was downright intimidating. Gym workers asked the coach to leave, but instead the coach and his wife followed the officials to the door, almost daring them into a physical confrontation. By the way, how the people who run this gym don't call the police at this point is beyond me. We'll get to that. The officials decided to wait for a few minutes, assuming cooler heads would prevail. Because usually when you have something like that, you wait a couple minutes, the coaches leave, and it's done, right? Well, that's not what happened. The coach and his wife and their teenage son got into Roe's face in the parking lot. Woodward stepped in to defend Roe, got in the middle of it, to defend this guy, Roe, only to be sucker punched in the back of the head and then the face. This is official who was defending another official. Wasn't even officiating the game, okay? He was knocked out cold in the parking lot, hitting the ground with a loud thump. He was unconscious for eight hours. Eight hours. You know how dangerous that is? He's lucky to even be alive. He's recovering in the hospital right now. Apparently, uh, the coach's wife was the initial aggressor, and the father and son each struck him. The father was charged with battery on a protected person, two others facing a misdemeanor battery charge. I'm going to tell you, I have a lot of problem with this on a lot of fronts. First of all, that father should go to jail. Uh, A battery charge on a protected person is not enough to me. You are threatening death on somebody. When you sucker punch somebody in the face, this man is lucky to be alive. And if he did die, he should have been convict, uh, charged with murder. This man should be charged, to me, in my personal opinion, attempted murder. Uh, to me, when you sucker punch somebody, you can kill somebody. That can kill somebody. This man should go to jail for a very long time. I'm talking 10 years, I believe. Five to 10, at least. And the fact that this, his kid, and I don't know how old this kid is, could be 15, could be 16, a misdemeanor? I don't care whether you're a juvenile or not. When you strike somebody and assault somebody, that's not a misdemeanor to me. That should be a felony. Put it on his record. And by the way, I want to know, how was the wife only charged with a misdemeanor? I want to know what Metro, why? I want to know why. So now this guy's in the hospital recovering. He's recovering right now. And this, the sad part about all this is all the kids, some of the kids saw this, the example. Now, I don't know what the lawsuits are. I don't know if there's going to be lawsuits involved. I would imagine there probably is. I know this man who was assaulted. He's a good man. He's a good official. I've worked with him before. And he's a hero, quite frankly. Quite frankly, he's a hero because I'm not sure I would have done what he did. He got in the middle of a referee getting into it with a coach. That's a hero. He defended another official, and I see this picture of him in the Las Vegas Sun, and it's a very good article, by the way, and I, and I give kudos to the Las Vegas Sun for writing this article because I didn't even know about it, and I know a lot of officials in this town, and I didn't know this incident happened, and now I see a picture of this guy with a bludgeoned face sitting in a gown in a hospital because some piece of garbage father, because that's what this father is, he's a piece of scum is what he is. What type of example? You belong in jail, you, you buffoon. You belong in jail. And, so, and by the way, should we be surprised that his son also struck this man when you see your father do something that stupid? Like father like son. And by the way, what about the wife or girlfriend? What a trashy family. What a trash family. 
Now, this father should never be allowed to walk in any gym ever again. Certainly not in, in Las Vegas. He needs to go to jail. And then I read the rest of this article and I see that the SNOA, which is the Basketball Officials Association, Chris, in Las Vegas, they've lost a lot of officials and officials don't want to work games anymore. This guy was getting paid, Chris, $28 a game. Police have recorded over 4,000 threats. You know, uh, this, this comes at a time, you know, uh, uh, political, uh, you know, uh, threats against, uh, against Congress people and politicians. And now we're seeing it with officials. And we've been seeing it for quite some time. And I remember the situation several years back where a soccer official was killed for being assaulted. And I remember HBO Real Sports did a story on that. This is happening a lot. This is happening more than usual. It's been an uptick the last several years. I've talked about it, and it needs to stop. And the only way it stops is if people are held accountable. Doolittle Complex is partially responsible for this, in my personal opinion. They are partially responsible. They should have called the police to begin with. And when a father threatens an official, wherever the case may be, any threat that is seen, he and the person that is playing should be kicked out of the league, period. End of conversation. No warnings. You're gone. The second you threaten an official, you're gone. Minimum year suspension. But they didn't do that. So I hold Doolittle Complex partially responsible because I've been there before. And I've refed games there before. And I've had to deal with this nonsense, not just there, but in other places. And it's almost like they just let it happen. You know why, Chris? Because there's money involved. Because the parents are paying money. And and when there's money involved, you don't want to piss off the coach too much, do you? And this is personal to me, and this is why I get so angry. These AAU teams and the tournament directors, they do almost nothing when we see these types of situations happen all the time. I can't recall the last AAU tournament that I've been in where a coach wasn't being unruly to the point of vulgarities and and sometimes even aggressive and intimidating. Happens all the time, Chris. So I'm sorry if I'm a little passionate when it comes to this sort of story, but I am pissed off. And I hope this man makes a full recovery because he's a good man, and I am sick and tired of this, and this is why people don't want to officiate anymore. That's why they have an official shortage right here in Clark County. Your thoughts? Well, here's my take after hearing that obviously horrible story regarding that official and also hearing your own personal story, Brian, regarding this. And look, it's understandable because you, that you do have a personal stake in this because you're somebody that has been in that position. That's an official. He's someone that's been, that's been around it and on, on a certain level have dealt with this type of abuse. But I think this is more indicative of a problem that we have nationally mm-hmm. when it comes to sports and parents and officials. And it's a reason, quite frankly, why we have a shortage across the country yeah. with, with respect to good officials and good referees in a number of sports, mainly, of course, basketball and football when it comes to this, because that's where a lot of these incidents take place with these younger people. What, what, what I find so disturbing and so wrong about this and this aspect of American society right now is that the parents are taking this way too far. And there's way too many people out there that, if you, everybody remembers the, the skit from the Dave Chappelle show with Charlie Murphy, where he talks about people who are habitual line steppers, that's what these parents are. They're stepping over the line. You're crossing the line when you're making disparaging comments to you, when you are refereeing the game, Brian, when this assault takes place, which, by the way, is one incident that has been repeated across the country. There's a number of officials that have been assaulted in recent years in these sporting events 
that involve young people. We're not even talking about high school or college or professional athletes. We're talking about kids. We're talking about kids that are in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, on up into high school, Mm -hmm. where officials are getting assaulted. And look, I'm going to tie a direct line to the way that we approach youth sports in America these days. And look, it'll sound like I'm using the excuse of technology because there's so much available when it comes to video, right? When it with, with young athletes. And a lot of these young kids are getting exposed on a national level or on a viral level due to the internet because they're, you know, they're excellent athletes and they have prospects and they have opportunities and and I'll specifically focus on obviously both football and basketball with respect to AU, right? And when it comes to and, and youth basketball and also football too with Pop Warner, where you're getting young athletes that that have the that they may have potential or may not, but their parents believe that they do, right? And their parents believe that their kids are on a track towards superstardom or some type of stardom. And so therefore there's this false idea in a lot of American family American parents' heads of these kids, kind of like, you know, kind of like dance moms, the shows like that where you have you have mothers that uh, have, you know, kids who are in cheerleading or in dance competitions that believe their kid is, you know, destined for stardom. It's kind of that idea. But from a sports angle, and it's been it's been absolutely ramped up, Brian, because of all the video out there and all the exposure that a lot of these young kids got that we didn't get. Look, I'm, I have about a decade on you, but you're still in the same neighborhood as I am when it comes to this. When you were a kid, think about it. When you were a kid, Brian, and you were competing in sports, you didn't have this type of focus on you. You didn't have 24-7 video of your games and exposure all over the internet of, of what your, your games are and people talking about you that don't even know who you are from other towns and other states saying, that, oh, this could be the next LeBron James, this could be the next that, or this, this could be the next that person or that person. You didn't have that. And you certainly didn't have it when I was a kid back in the 80s, right? You didn't have the exposure when I was, when I was a, you know, look, I'm, I, I played three sports in high school. You know, it, it, it wasn't, it was, even when I was in high school, our games weren't on television, all the time. We had occasionally had a game on TV, but we didn't have you didn't have all of your games focused on like you do now. And so to me, I, I think I draw I draw a direct direct connection to the exposure that that a lot of these youth sports get. And now you have also parents that don't respect authority, right, Brian? You, when you are a basketball referee, are an authority on the court. You're making yeah. you're you're someone who's in a position where you're making decisions around it. Parents don't respect it anymore, Brian. Well, let me just parents don't. They that's don't. why, Brian. That's why these things happen. I know they it's don't. because parents cross I, the line I, and don't have respect I wanna, for the authority on the court. I want, it's something that is different than it used to be. Well, and I think a lot I of agree. it is because it's of exposure for young athletes. Well, it, I'm being, I'm, it, it, I'm being straight getting, about it. It's getting that's worse. the way it is. It's getting worse, and part of the problem also is that you have ten-year-olds and eleven-year-olds that are being recruited by coaches. That's what I'm talking. Now. That's what I just talked um, about, Brian. That's l- what I'm let saying. Me, let me give you yeah. uh, an explanation of of the injuries cool. that this guy has. Um, He's not in good shape right now. So besides having a major concussion, which is always dangerous, he has bleeding on the brain, which is extremely that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. He has sutures on his chin and forehead. He has five fractured teeth. He has neck bruising. He has a left ankle fracture. He's still in the hospital. So he may never fully Well, Brian, it's a horrific this. attack. And look, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage the details that you're going over here. 
but there's an overlying problem that I we agree. need to deal with. It's not. I mean, look, I, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to, to him at all either, but he's not the only one. I, I mean, uh, there are, there are a number of incidents that have happened across the. Country I agree with you that that mirror that case, I, and it is a general problem that we have. Well, I, I understand you're trying to you know trying to work in here. I'm just saying it is a general issue that we have in in American society, American sports society, with respect to youth sports. That needs to be rectified. I agree with you, but the yeah. only way it is going to be rectified is a few things need to happen. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking yeah. about this uh, referee here in Las Vegas. His name is Perry Woodward. Uh, he was assaulted by a parent and uh, a coach and the coach's son uh, after a basketball game as he intervened with another official. Uh, this official wasn't even officiating the game. Not that that makes mm-hmm. it any better or worse, but he was getting in there trying to just break it up. And now he's in the hospital with all these injuries. And uh, I got to tell you, there's only a, a few things you can do to really clamp up on this stuff. First of all, you shouldn't have to f- uh, wait to kick somebody out of a league uh, if there's a physical assault and wait till it escalates to that. If a coach is getting a lot of technical fouls or if a coach is threatening referees or a parent in any way, shape, or form, they should immediately be kicked out of the league. That happened here. Doolittle, the community, uh, the, the complex there, I don't know if they're going to get sued, but I can tell you again firsthand, I've officiated games there. They do not take this stuff as seriously as they should have, at least when I officiated here. I had problems there as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen everywhere. Usually, if it's a high school basketball game at a high school, there's administration involved, there's a police officer you know, there. So it usually, not all the time, but it usually doesn't escalate anywhere near close to this because you have security there, you have police there, and you're representing the school. But it seems like in these community centers or other gymnasiums in town or an AAU tournament where you're not representing a school, uh, it seems like it gets worse and there's not enough security there. Okay, the, the, the tournament directors and the people that are making money that are putting this stuff on, or in this case, somebody at Doolittle, there needs to be security there. And if it gets to this point, or even anywhere close to this point, or, exactly. if, or if a coach gets thrown out of a game, or if an, an official should be able to have the ability to say, hey, I want to talk to the security person on, on you know that's here. I want to talk to an officer that's here. The referee should have the ability, uh, number one, to be protected by somebody, and number two, to be able to say, I'm having problems with this person. And then that security or that police officer, whoever, will talk to that individual and say, if it continues and you do it again, you're getting thrown out of the league. That's it. No questions asked. But if it gets to a situation like this where somebody's following an official, the official needs to stay put. You call the police and those people are done. They're, they're thrown out of the league. That's the only way we're – but the reason – again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. The reason why they don't do that, because then you do that, then the coach is going to be pissed off. Then parents are going to be pissed off, and then that equals money, and then they're going to lose money. These facilities are going to lose money. The end result is we have a man who almost lost his life, and I am so happy that that didn't happen, but he will probably never be the same. When you have bleeding from the brain and, brain and, and, and you, get, you get your head cracked like this – you may never be the same person. This guy might never be able to officiate again. And who's responsible? Who's responsible? Well, obviously the people, uh, the coach and the coach's wife and the son are the ones that are mainly responsible. Who else went out there to protect these officials? Did any parents do that? Did anybody from Doolittle go out there to protect these officials? Doesn't appear that way. Did Doolittle call the police? I would imagine people called the police after the physical assault took place. And that is just not enough. And this is a very scary time that we're living in. And now it happens in our backyard. And this has become a national story now. And we've heard, you're right, we've heard, it is a national thing because we've heard about these stories across the country. And I take it very personal. 
and we all should, but I take it more personal than maybe most because I've worked with this man before and I've officiated basketball games with him. And, and even if he was a bad guy, it wouldn't justify anything that took place. But I'm telling you, he's not. He's a good guy. And he's a good official, too. And by the way, in no way, shape, or form is saying if, if you get a few calls wrong and you're a bad official, you deserve to be assaulted, verbally or physically. And, and, and this, is what, this is how stupid some of these coaches are. Not just in Las Vegas, but in the country. Do you know in the NBA, and there's stats to prove this, NBA officials are making a half a million dollars a year. Most people would argue they're some of the best officials in the world. Do you know that on average, they get 8 out of 10 calls right? That means every time they blow their whistle... 20% of the time, they're going to be wrong. These are the best officials in the world. How about somebody making $28 a game? Now, I'd like to think that I get most calls right, but I'm not. I'm going to get calls wrong. Coaches need to understand that. Parents need to understand that. Stop living through your kids because you, you have no athletic accomplishments in your life. Stop putting so much pressure on your kids. Life is short. Let your kids go out there and have fun. Doesn't mean they, don't, they, they shouldn't be disciplined. Doesn't mean they shouldn't learn the game and work hard. These coaches are just as bad as some of the coaches, are just as bad as the parents. This scumbag that assaulted this official deserves to go to jail for a long time, and I can almost guarantee you he's not going to spend one day in jail. And that's the injustice about this. I feel for this guy. I'm sorry for this man, Perry. I hope you get better, my friend. I hope uh, you're a hero, as far as I'm concerned. He got involved and tried to break up a fight between another official. He's he's the hero in all of this. And you know what? Lawsuits are coming. And I hope he wins, because he deserves it. And uh, I have a feeling uh, we'll be talking about this some more this week. I'm going to try to get this guy on the show. And uh, some people maybe that can talk about... Uh, who have been involved in a situation like this, because I I do know officials that have been involved, sadly, in some situations like this. All right, Chris, we go from serious topics, and now we're going to have some fun, because one of my favorite stand-up comics is coming in studio next. I I was lucky enough to see her perform a few days ago, uh, and and she is so funny. And, of course, she's opened up for uh, people like Bill Maher, Arsenio Hall, David Tell. She is so awesome. She's so funny. And I like some of her gambling humor, too, Chris. And I think I'm going to get you involved in this because I know you like the slot machines. The very funny and talented Kathleen Dunbar is going to be joining us in studio next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Monday. So glad you could join us. So anybody who knows me knows that I love going to shows in town. I love stand-up comedy. As I mentioned, I saw one of my favorite comics, Steve Hofstetter, on Friday. He came on our show. T.J. Miller came on. We had Pauly Shore on the show a few weeks ago. That was fun. Hey, bud. Do that again. Your mic wasn't on, Chris. Hey, bud. Oh, Thank you. Well, the lady we have with us in studio now. Lady! Yes. Well, uh, the fine lady that she is. Uh, Very funny and talented. I'm a big fan of hers. I've seen her perform in Las Vegas here for years. Uh, You know, and she's she's worked with guys like Bill Morrow, Cineo Hall, uh, just to name a few, David Tell. Uh, She's been on a lot of shows here as well. And I just saw her doing some stand-up at Brooksy's uh, the other day. Uh, The very funny... Kathleen Dunbar joining oh, us in hi, studio. Hi, Brian. Thanks for being here. How well, are you? Thanks for thanks for having me. What a this is just a beautiful studio. 
you guys spent a fortune. <laughs> I said this little, is how we roll, Kathleen. This is, we, we, we spare no expense, I, my friend. You've even got disinfectant wipes. This is we do. Class. I had TJ. I had TJ Miller in studio here last month, and he called this Gorilla Radio. He was sitting. <laughs> he was sitting right where you were sitting, and he's like, "Wow, you guys are really Gorilla Radio, aren't you?" Right? I mean, Numchuck was here for that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you're right. We do. We do go all out here. But thank you for being here. I really do appreciate you got it. it. You, uh, got you know, it. I saw her at Brooksy's the other day. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, I'm looking at you now, and when we're streaming, and I notice you're wearing a Jack in the Box hat where did you get that thing uh i got it from your pal over here um now so here's the story so we did brooksy's yes i i don't usually do bar gigs but my fiance plays hockey there oh so i got to know the owners and the bartenders and stuff and then don who runs the hockey don bar yeah barnhart (laughs) great says we're gonna do comedy would you come and do it i go brooksy's absolutely yep so brian Sliplock from from Jackson's, Jackson's Bar, Bar who, yep. where I hang. That's everybody wants to know where your retirement money is. <laughs> um, that's where my retirement money is. Um, I I guess his daughter's going to have a really huge wedding now. <laughs> um, Chris has donated to that wedding too. I have too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he says to me at Brooksy's right before the show and introduces me to you. And what's the term? Puts me on the spot. You were put on the spot. This is Brian. He's in radio. I've talked to you about him before. Why don't you do a show on Monday? I go, Monday, I can't because I'm working all week at the Comedy Cellar. And I'm at at that age where if I have two shows at night, 7 to 11, I can't be... Can I say farting around? I yes, can't you can say farting that. around at yes. one o'clock in the afternoon. Which is exactly this what you're is doing my now. Nap time. I've been up <laughs> since six a.m. Why do you wake so, up so early? Because I just it's old habit. I've worked my whole life in a, like a corporate job till twenty five wow. years ago. You just get into that habit. And that's so what now I you're do. stuck here in this crappy so studio. He, so he goes. He goes. <laughs> can, he goes. I takes me forever to do my makeup. Like this guy. <laughs> You need to spend more time on your makeup. I and, do. Uh, You're right about that. She, she um, isn't lying, folks, and, at all. And he says, just put on one of your sparkly hats that you always have on at the bar and throw on some lipstick and go. So I got up, I showered, I put on my lipstick and my makeup, and I grabbed my sparkly hat, and I left it in the kitchen. So I get here with no hat, and, of course, my hair is in a ponytail and looks terrible. looks almost as bad as this guy again. So I come, I go... Dude, I go, if you can find me a, a hat, I don't care if it says, you know, anything on it. Yeah. Uh, I So he found me a, what does it say? It's a jack-in-the-box hat. Jack-in-the-box hat. Thank you. No, would you like fries with that? Please keep razzing on Chris. I'm enjoying that. Good yes. stuff, yeah. Okay, Speaking so you Chris. look very lovely. You look very Well, lovely. aren't you sweet? Minus the jack-in-the-box Thank hat. Thank God it's radio. Yes, yes. That's yes. all I got to say. So your humor is, is well, we're on video too, by the way, Kathleen. Ah. Yeah, sorry about it. You, everyone gets to see why I have a face for radio. Part of your act, which I love, it's so real life stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about your gambling and slot machines. The guy you're sitting next to right now plays Caveman Keno. I'm a professional Caveman Keno player. He sits Kathleen. there. Is yes. it, Kathleen, can I just tell I'm you what he does? Caveman Keno is like the deuces wild of video <laughs> poker. <laughs> Kathleen, here's what this man I'm does. I'm not saying it's the only thing I dialed into, can, but it's one of the one Can of you guys. help this man, Kathleen? So he has a night job, and at yeah. his night job, he'll get out like, no, he's not a stripper. I know what you were thinking. Uh, he gets out at like, uh, you know, he'll get out, say, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. He, a hard night of work. Mm-hmm. He'll make good tips, two, 300 bucks. He'll sit there till 5 in the morning, play caveman Kino, and just blow it all away. Can you help this man at all? What's wrong with you? 
I'm a Vegas guy. Cave it's what man. I do. It's where how do you, I live. It's the the direction I go. Where That's do you how play I roll. this? Here now at Jackson's, these guys are hitting the keno all the time. They, I they never do. went on keno. Where do you play this cave? See, that's, see, that's the problem, Kat. Kathleen, Brian, and the PTL listeners out there. <laughs> where this are is you the playing? problem. You know what the problem is? I actually won. I've won before. You know, that's oh, where that's you get. That's worst. where the problem is, right? Yeah. Because when yes. you move to Vegas. If you just lose all the time, it might discourage you from actually partaking. No, not, not the really. case for me. I knock out yeah. winners occasionally. <laughs> right. Not all the time and not a lot, but, but I knock it out enough where that it keeps me going. Mick, keeps Mickey me Rooney stated that uh, to, to, to drop a old, old, old name. He said, he said, the worst thing ever happened to me once was I won $20,000 gambling. Yeah. And I lost like $2 million trying to get that to happen again. <laughs> It's, it's such a true story. That's absolutely true. Uh, no but, doubt. But yes. where do you play these caveman kinos? Or do oh, I've got my spots all over town. From, from, from Ellis Island to Jackson's to Durango Lodge to Arizona Charlie's <laughs> to my, one of my new favorite spots over on Charleston, the Tap House. I know we're not you know, the supposed tap to be advertised. Oh tap gosh. House is one of my spots. Yeah, there's nothing illegal going on. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, 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 good wings and good pizza over there. Yeah, so if you're, I've, you're, I've if been you're there. in the mood for a uh, little little wing action, little I've pizza, been there. not a bad place. Do to I go. look like a wing action type of gal? <laughs> what are you? Oh, of course, I have the hat on. I have the Jack in the Box hat. I look like I would like wings. Well, what wings are to, expensive, right? What now. a way to hit on a woman. Hey, you want to go play some caveman kino? I'll buy you some wings. Kathleen, well, everybody's got hey, their game. That I can get, they like. I can get you, you a fifty percent off pizza at uh, you know at at two o'clock in the morning, so what's midnight the, to eight eight a.m. Half off pizza. <laughs> What's the biggest jackpot you've ever hit? Thirty-two hundred dollars is That's the most I've ever nice. hit. Yeah, I hit for decent. twenty. Yeah. I've hit for decent. twenty. Yeah. I play video poker. Yeah, Chris has seen me hit. I've for... seen him hit for sixteen thousand. That's true. Kathleen, right next Ryan to me. knocked out a sixteen thousand dollar royal. Yep. To him? Yes, he did. He knocked out a sixteen thousand dollar royal. I gave him like five. He kicked me some cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. He was. It was. Uh, that was fun. So, so he got dealt. Now Florida. you know what that Kathleen. means. You, you, you sons of guns. I gotta go to Jackson's on the way home from here. <laughs> Brian's probably listening right now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, bring it in, Kathleen. Brian's listening right now, right? And he's saying, he's saying, Shapiro, please come in here and keep thinking you're going to hit a sixteen thousand dollar roll in my place. But this is what I love. Unload all your bankroll. This is what I love about Kathleen's humor. She's so good at what she does. But I love your real life stuff. You talk about your life. You talk about Mm -hmm. your habits. You talk about Las Vegas, right? Yes. And that's what I love about what you do. You know, some people they'll just write jokes and they're just general stuff. And and but but I love the fact that it's it's real life stuff with you. You talk about how crazy Las Vegas is and people like Chris. That's that's why I can't. It is it. crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody posted something this morning. I'll see if I can show this to you. It cracked me up. The guy says, this is a stupid person box. Mm-hmm. How to find stupid people. <laughs> and it was just a box that said, insert $100 oh. here. I thought you were going to say go to a Trump rally. Because that's, that's what I would do if I wanted to. I'm sorry. That was and, a terrible political joke. Yeah, awful. Don't, Go ahead. I can imagine, Kathleen, that you probably find a number of not-so-smart people. Uh-oh, she gave Vegas. me a look. Uh-oh, that's she right. gave me a look. Are we going to have a problem here? I would think, Kathleen. I would think, no, Kathleen. She gave me a look. I thought that was a funny joke. I got guns. I would think, Kathleen, that when you are rolling around Las Vegas, you probably do find a number of stupid people out there that oh, you can please. get some of your material from. They're ev- well, they're, every- they're everywhere, and, and it's not hard to find. Uh, just just walk around Fremont. Actually, I, you talk about Fremont Street a little bit, right? Well, I mean, Fremont Street is a freak show. Down it really, there. but I, mean, I love it. You know, people think. Do you think aliens have invaded the Earth? Go to Fremont Street, <laughs> yeah. and it's you true. will be convinced that no, it's 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 amateur stupidity or or professional stupidity, one or the other. Can I? 
because I, those are all tourists down there. I don't yeah, go right. down there. Do we go down there? Are they, they got caveman Kino down there? <laughs> they absolutely, <laughs> positively have but the people watching my is, game of choice down there. Yes. But Kathleen, the people watching down there, right? I'm sure you oh, would agree. It's, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. It's so fun. All right, so take me back 25 years ago. Okay. okay. You Is this something that you've always wanted to do, to be a stand-up comic? Or is it something that you said, hey, wait, I might be really good at this. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. More B, because you don't really think... You, when you live in the Midwest, I grew up in Milwaukee... Mm-hmm. You don't think like that. Mm-hmm. You don't think, um, nobody thinks, nobody in Milwaukee thinks they're special. We're all told <laughs> since we're growing up, to, tell nothing that to, special tell about that, you. You just to, go to your job, do your work, pay your taxes, and shut up. And paint your house the same color everybody mm-hmm. else has got there. Tell that to Aaron right? Rodgers. Let me tell you something. Arthur Fonzarelli <laughs> oh, was damn special, okay? Yeah. Henry Winkler was special. Yeah. Those were fake television shows. I know. <laughs> still. But the Fonz was cool, and he was a Milwaukee guy, even though he's really from New York, and he's really, you know. Anyway. <laughs> he, by the way, he is a liberal. I, mean, I am. I just don't like politicians. Fantasies, fantasies. But I'm also a so, fellow Midwesterner like, like Kathleen is. Here, so. so I did. I did. Where are you from? I'm from Michigan originally. Oh. Yes. Cool. I'm a, a Michigan guy. Yeah. So um, 25 years ago. I was at a buffet last night. Oh, my gosh. And I eat. I was stuffing my face like a Michigan ballot box. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> That was top notch right there. That was there. a good one. That was, that was solid. One. So anyway, all right, back twenty five years. <laughs> I, steal I that was joke. <laughs> I was a you ready to yawn a desktop publisher. No way. Sat behind a computer screen and manipulated words and documents and books. Yeah. Uh, usually instruction manuals, like for Harley Davidson motorcycles, yeah. stuff like that. We did it in all different languages. Mm-hmm. And I was good at it, but just sat behind a computer screen all day, and that's all I did was da 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 And then I started to uh, go to a show in uh, Milwaukee called Comedy Sports. Mm-hmm. And we would go and laugh, and my friends would say, you know, they have a seminar you can teach. Uh, they'll teach you how to do this. Huh? Mm-hmm. You should do it. And I joined up, and six weeks later, the owner of comedy sports made me a professional wow. one of the performers nice. what was and that he like goes, you're so funny that was like the call of a lifetime like are you kidding me how nervous were you though? oh my god i wasn't nervous i was no? just taking this to something to do on a thursday night and have fun that's you know that's i didn't think he ever picked people and then i did that for two years and then i started doing dinner theater which yawning number two i do remember that and um um i did that for about eight years and then i went to an open mic on a dare a girlfriend of mine says, you know, the safe house has an open mic. I go, you mean stand-up? She goes, yeah. She goes, well, you... I says, you have to write all your own material. Yeah. And yeah. so I go down there, yeah. and they give you three minutes the first time. And you think, three minutes? Sounds like dude, one of my dates. It's the longest three <laughs> minutes of my life, kind of like you. Exactly. And, uh, um, well, sex with him for three minutes would be the longest three minutes of my life. Maybe two and, um, and two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. I forgot the cleanup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the cleanup would be at least a minute. <laughs> so oh, dying here. So I went and did this open mic, and mm-hmm. three weeks later, I was opening for Emo Phillips in a five star club. How cool is that? And that was. Uh, so this happened pretty fast. This happened really quick. This was 1999. And what then, was the uh, moment though that you uh, you said to yourself, "Wait a second, I can make a career out of this. I'm I, really good." When the lady called me, I had auditioned for an agent. Um, she booked two clubs in Wisconsin, two of the top clubs That's in Wisconsin. That's incredible. And she called me the next day. She goes, I've been looking for a bad woman comic. You're a phenomenal woman comic. And then she goes, I'm going to send you up to Appleton to open for Emo. How much time do you have? And I go, i got like seven minutes. She goes, can you stretch it to ten? And in my mind I went, I'll just tell my jokes 
really slow, that, which doesn't work. That doesn't always work. No, you didn't. And the, and that first night I went up there, yeah. oh my god, it just sucked. It was horrible. Because you was, didn't have enough material. I or? was. I didn't have enough confidence. I didn't know what the hell uh, I was doing. And then. And look at you now. And then that <laughs> next day, I just rewrote all my act that morning. I re, I go, no, that joke stinks. I got and I rewrote it. And I went back that night. And I found out they were going to fire me if I didn't do well that next night. And you did very and well. And I did real well. That is that so was, cool. And the rest is moved to Vegas and the in rest 2002. Is history. And you've worked with some amazing people I have. In your I've been career, very blessed. Right? Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Arsenio I, Hall. Yes. David Tell. Yes. Three people that I love, by the way. Right. Um, what is it like when you All get very a... very different acts. Very different. Let's yeah. start with Bill Maher. What is it like when you get the call that you're going to be working with Bill? Um, well, I got the call from the uh, head of uh, entertainment at uh, Boyd Gaming. Hmm. It was Terry uh, Jenkins, who's mm-hmm. now retired. He said, look, uh, Bill's taping his HBO show and then flying here. And if he's late, if there's any traffic or any delay, he goes, I'm screwed. I need, I need a half-hour buffer to make sure. Mm. Uh, he says, would you do it? And I go, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I never really got to meet him. Because he was a little unapproachable. Yeah. He had um, his people with him. But as I walked, and I crushed it. This yeah. was at the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. No, this was at the Orleans. Orleans. Orleans, yeah. As I'm walking off the stage, right, I crushed it. I'm, I don't always say that. I don't always crush it. But you did. But I did and that And a lot night. of people there. A lot of people. It was packed. Right. And as I walked past him, yeah. and they have like a little video to introduce him, he looked at me and he went, well, they... Certainly liked you, didn't they? So he was jealous. You think Bill Maher was jealous of you? I don't know. He just was. I've That's heard not a from very other nice comics. Thing to say. I've heard from other comics that he doesn't use an opening act. That he's... no, he doesn't. You're right. So I saw him at the Palms. You want to know my claim to meeting him? You're going to appreciate this, Kathleen. Do you remember the Anthony Weiner story? Of course. So I used to date the girl, the blackjack dealer, the first girl that came out that said that she had the text messages with him and all that, and she showed him to me. So long story short, she was a huge Bill Maher fan. And Bill Maher made fun of her on the show, read the transcript that she had because it became public with Anthony Weiner. And uh, she went on social media and said how pissed off she was and, like, he made her cry. So I guess he has a heart. He, he reached out to her and said, hey, I'd like to invite you to my show. I'm sorry. That wasn't my intention. Uh, so we met him backstage. That's, that's actually very rare. It was nice of him. That. Yeah. yeah, well, it was nice of him to do that. Yeah. He was very snooty. Uh, met him back there. Uh, didn't really want to talk to her very much. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a second. Why did you invite her to begin with back here? Right. And I shook his hand. He's done my show three or four times. He's always been nice as far as interviews and all that. But I found him to be a very snotty person. Yeah, like, he's, he's better little, than everybody else. Yeah, he is a Brilliant little, comic. Yeah. I enjoy his show. Obviously, if you're a Republican, although he's leaning a little bit more to the right these days, if you're a Trump supporter or a Republican, you probably don't like him very much. You don't like his politics. I do think he's a very brilliant guy. I do, too. Uh, maybe not the nicest person, but we have that in entertainment. Have you met any other people, like, in your uh, since you've been in comedy, where you say to yourself, maybe not the nicest guy in the world? <laughs> oh, Yeah. Plenty. Plenty. Any any you can share besides no. Okay, fair enough. I have plenty of stories, by the way. I've interviewed yeah, a lot I've, of people. But I'll a brilliant, tell you, brilliant comic. I'll though. tell you one who I died to meet all my Who's life. That? And when I finally did, a friend that knew him very well mm-hmm. was a friend who's since passed away. His name's Sonny King. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Sonny King mm-hmm. was roommates with Dean Martin for four years when they were brand new singers back in Brooklyn. Whoa. He knew Jerry. He's the one who introduced Jerry to Dean. That's Jerry incredible. begged him. Of course, Jerry never gave. 
Oh. Sonny credit for that introduction, but that's how that happened. Wow. How wild so is that? they were at the Hall of Fame induction at the Tropicana mm-hmm. 15 years ago, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. and Jerry was there. Mm. And I said to Sonny, I got to meet him. I've been a fan of his. He goes, You're, you're not going to like it. He's not going to want to. Oh. So we walked all the way up to him, and yeah. I was standing behind Sonny, and I let them have their two, three, four minutes, whatever it was, of how have you been, what you yeah. doing, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns around and goes, I want you to meet. This uh, female comic goes a female comic. Get her the. Are you serious? Out of here! What a jerk! I'm completely. Doesn't serious. it suck when you? Uh, Kathleen... And that just went down. Yeah, that was just it was like, say. like when you have an erection. Do you remember, Chris? <laughs> I do. I do remember that. I'm fully aware. And I shouldn't use the and word then, fully, actually, but and yeah. And then it just goes away. <laughs> it just goes away. So I I met Don Rickles at the Orleans about a year before he passed and my friend knew his manager. So that was one of those moments for me. I've always loved Don Rickles and I met him and this was again a year before he died. I don't remember how old he was, but he was up there in age and he comes in and I go into the room and I'm Mr. Rickles, I just I'm trying to be respectful and I'm nervous. I'm like, "Mr. Rickles, I just want to know what an honor it is to meet you." He's like, "Brian, what's your last name?" And uh, I go, "Shapiro." He's like, "You're a Jew?" And I go, yeah, then sit right next to me. We can talk. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Yeah. He sits next to me, and we're talking. I'm talking about some of the movies he's been in that I love, like Casino. And we actually talked about the late Bob Saget at the time. He was still with Aww. us. That's so sad, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, you Worked know, with him. So, so it's nice when you meet somebody that you look up to, and they end up being cool. And I always loved Bill Maher, but we just were talking about Bill Maher, and he ends up being kind of a douche. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate. But most, like Bob Saget, another great guy. I remember. Oh, can I tell you my. You tell you, I'll tell you my. Let me Saget tell you story. my quick 30 second story. Great. I met Bob Saget at the Hard Rock backstage before the show. I think Jeff Roths was opening for him, and he was in the room too. I'm interviewing Bob. It was a pre recorded interview. I was working at another station. My mom calls me in the middle of the interview, and he goes, Who's calling? And I go, Oh, sorry, Bob, it's my mom. And he grabs the phone from me, answers it. <laughs> Is this uh, Brian's mom? She goes, yeah. It's on speaker. I'm Brian's real dad. (laughs) And I just like, I'm like, this guy's so great. Uh, I met him when I was 18, actually. And it's the first celebrity autograph I ever got. And his autograph, which I still have to this very day, says, to Brian, Olsen twins gagged in the trunk, Bob Saget. Oh, my God. (laughs) I opened for him when I was Brent, like, so 2000, maybe. You did? Oh, wow. And I remember when I got the call, and he just quit doing that. Funniest phone videos. Yeah, America's Funniest Home Videos, yeah. And everybody's like, God, that guy is so bad on there. But he was bad on there because he had to be TV, GP, you know, eight-year-old right. friendly. Exactly. And that's not his act. No. He's dirty. Very. And he's raw. Very. So I get the call, and I now I still had this desktop publishing job. Mm-hmm. So it was a two-hour drive up to mm-hmm. the comedy club. As soon as I got off of work at 4 o'clock, shows at 7, mm-hmm. I get to the condo. Which is this dumpy apartment yeah. they put you in? Of course, Saget's not staying there. Right. But and then you get enough time to change and brush your teeth and fix your lipstick, right, yeah. Chris? <laughs> and then you run to the club, and I get there, and then I got to drive all the way back home because mm-hmm. I don't stay at the condo, or I, or I stay at the condo and then I get up at four a.m. Right, right. To get ready mm-hmm. and then drive all the way back to my job. Right. So after the show, Bob was just so cool, and he comes up to me, he goes, Kathleen, we're all going to the strip club. Uh, which up in Appleton, Wisconsin, was called Bean Snappers. <laughs> what a name. And they didn't have a liquor license. He goes, but we're going to have, uh, the limo's going to be full of liquor. A little BYOB action, uh, basically. Yeah. BYOBooby action. BYO booby action. Yeah. So I said, look, the strip club's not really my thing. He goes, but you like to drink? You like to drink? I go, I love to drink. He goes, come on, Kathleen, come on with us in the limousine. I go, Bob, I have to work in the morning. I have to get in. 
some sleep. Yeah. So when I come back here to do the show, I'm not a pile of mush. Right. He walks up to me, puts his arm around me, and he goes, Kathleen, you're a comedian now. Get in the limousine. So I got in the limousine. And I just stayed in the limousine all night. But then the next morning when I called in sick to my boss, I was, like, wasted, yeah. Brian. I was like, hey, Steve. <laughs> it's Kathleen. Oh, yeah, I, I can tell. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work. And he goes, all right. Ask me why. Ask me why. Oh, that is ask so great. He goes, all right, Kathleen, while you're being irresponsible and not coming to work today. Because I got drunk last night with Bob Saget at the Titty Bar. <laughs> So awesome. What so a, wait a minute. So how does so, so I know we're gonna we're talking about people that you worked with, right? How does a Milwaukee girl end up in the fabulous city of Las Vegas? Okay, that's a great story. My best friend Bonnie, mm-hmm. who um, um, she was my you know go out to the clubs, go out to dinner, buddy. She'd been coming to Vegas since she was a kid mm-hmm. with her parents. And love Vegas. And she goes, you've never been to Vegas. Go, never been to Vegas. So right after 9-11, we had this trip planned for my birthday, for my very first trip to Las Vegas. And we came to Las Vegas. And then about a year later, she says, you know, we're both single. Mm -hmm. You know, we're both getting old. Not that I'm old, Chris. Not at all. How old are you? What are you talking about? 51. Oh, too old. (laughs) How old do you think I am? About 45. Ooh, 42. That wasn't good. Ouch. 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 It wasn't bad, though. Go on. So anyway, she says, we should move to Vegas. Let's move to Vegas. I go, that's a great idea. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I, I ju- when I make my decision, I jump in all, yeah. all in. And I put my condo on the market, made a fortune on my condo at that time. It was, Good. Everything was hitting high. Yeah. And I came out here, and she goes, I'll come later. Well, that, I've been here 20 years. She's still not here. So it was just a seed that just, I never got the L.A. pull. You know how I many, so many comics go to sure, L.A.? Sure, sure, sure. In New York, I didn't go to New York because I didn't want any more winter. The, the weather's terrible there. That's where I'm yeah. from. Yeah, and you can't have a car. It costs you a fortune mm-hmm. to own a car. Who are, who are, you mentioned a few of the people that you, you loved uh, growing up and throughout your life. Uh, who are the people now that, that you just you would, you, would, you would spend any money to go see? Oh, boy. That's a great question. I'm a radio Chappelle. host. Chappelle's yeah. great. What do you Dave make of Chappelle. what happened to him? What, ha- what the attack? That it's, attack was horrible. We're a lot of nut jobs out there right it's now. It's horrible. It's, it's like scary. this basketball coat or basketball referee yeah. guy being right. attacked. Right. We become a bunch of jerks. We become a bunch this of... This never used to we happen. We all think we're so damn righteous and, and we, we... You don't get violent with somebody. Do you think what Will Smith did is... It Absolutely makes, inappropriate. It, it hurts right. people like you because it's... Absolutely. Right? It's because, a horrible example. And then when yeah. he got his award, they applauded him. It's ridiculous. To I him. agree. I agree. Kathleen, I quoted. I'm I quoted, ashamed of Hollywood right now. Agree. I quoted Charlie Murphy earlier on in the show. I talked about how there are just habitual line steppers out there, oh right? Oh, my God. How, how are we in a spot now with, with respect to stand-up comedians, with right. respect to right, entertainment, right, right, where right. people feel they can just roll up on the stage yeah. and bum-rush somebody yeah. on the stage? Yeah. It's crazy. I, I yeah. get it. Every comic has a different opinion. If you don't mm-hmm. like... Then leave. My, then yeah. that's fine. Don't buy my ticket. Don't buy my Do you CD. think there's a line, yeah. though, Kathleen? Because, look, l- let me bring up a, a horrible example, but I have to bring it up. Kramer, right? Michael Richards. Obviously, what he did was, was awful, right? You, you're throwing out the N-word like that, uh, which obviously you would never do, and his career was basically over. I believe there's a certain line you should never cross. I don't believe Chris Rock crossed that line. Uh, is there, in your opinion, is there Chris a line? Chris Rock did not cross that line. No, he didn't. Yeah. He basically, first of all, that hairstyle that she has is actually quite a popular she looks good. hairstyle. Yeah. It looks good on her. Mm-hmm. He made it. That's what he 
he made he a wasn't joke. making fun of her disease. No, there no. was, you know. Right. We agree. I don't know. Um, but is there a line, Kathleen? Absolutely there's yeah. a line. And the problem is, is there are people in this world that think that they don't have to obey the mm-hmm. lines. Right. That they're special. Mm-hmm. That they're a star. Mm-hmm. That they're... It goes all the way back. Who was that woman that... Oh, Kathy uh, Griffin. Marcos oh, no. <laughs> or Amelda Marcos or something that... She had like 5,000 pairs of shoes or something. And I don't remember. Yeah, somebody she, was the, said, uh, she was the wife of the president of the Philippines, right? Yeah. The dictator of the yeah, Philippines. Supposedly, the yeah. somebody yeah. said something about her. Uh, she has not paid taxes. And she goes, only the little people pay taxes. I don't pay taxes. Well, that's... There, it's, it's, this is not a new right. concept of right. this uh, eliteness crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just over it. I'm just over wanna, people that seem to think, I get it, you don't like, turn yeah. God gave you two legs. Turn around and walk out. Get out if you agree. don't like it. I, you I don't agree. go attack. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. Just because you don't like someone's joke, that doesn't mean you shut down their career forever. Right. There's going to be somebody that's not going to like your radio show. Should you oh, there's plenty of people. Trust for, me. I've talked to a bunch of them. <laughs> they, uh, I bet you have. <laughs> They say it should be the Chris show. <laughs> the C-Win show? I could, I could. I'm teasing. That's never. Like never. Well, so, t- yeah. no, but I'm, that's my no. point, is where does it end? There, yeah. Nobody would be allowed to ever speak ever again because yeah. you're always going to find somebody. It doesn't, doesn't matter like whether you're say. a Republican or a Democrat or whether you like somebody's material on the left or the right. I would defend either, whether you're a conservative Absolutely. conservative comedian or, you know, I remember a friend of mine, Ron Futrell, a sports guy, Channel 8. He's at Bill Maher's show. And Bill Maher was, I don't know, remember who he's ragging on, but he was making jokes about Republicans. And Ron Futrell stands up and he starts, you know, interrupting the show. I said, dude, you don't do that. Just walk out. You're right. Just exactly walk out. right. You get out. You yeah. have no... People paid money for something, right. and we get this all the time. We sure. get people interrupting, and it doesn't have to be even a mm-hmm. disagreement. It just has to be, I'm just going to say it, a drunk woman. You cannot shut up a drunk woman. I want to talk about that when we come back. Can we do that? Yes. Uh, let me take a quick break. I want to talk to you about how you deal with hecklers, uh, and do you talk politics at all in your show? I, I want to talk a little bit about that, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, I, I love I love her. Kathleen Dunbar is so funny, especially when she makes fun of Chris Wynn. It's, it's, I'm dying over here. Kathleen's nice enough to stick around for one more segment so you like women chris <laughs> i do okay I do. Uh, is he telling the i truth? can't lie about that okay well, well we'll talk about that too kathleen when we come back so much more to dive into <laughs> yes right? so wait. much more to dive into including chris Wynn's sex life uh <laughs> kathleen <laughs> kathleen is the best i love her to death We're, she's nice enough sticking around for one more segment her and her jack in the box hat which i like by the way <laughs> we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. Brought to you by Bean Snappers. Yeah. I, Not I, I, really, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just we, kidding. What does that mean, Bean What does that mean? I think Probably it's just something. a funny, kooky name that came, they came up with in, in, in the heart of Appleton, Wisconsin. I think it's, Kathleen. A, I think I think it's, it's just a crazy I name. I think it's a nickname for a woman's yeah. private parts. But anyway, as, oh. we're, as we're coming back to the show, uh, it's a pleasure having Kathleen Dunbar in studio. Well, if uh, she could snap a bean, that would be... <laughs> That would be fun. By the way, speaking of fun, real quickly, Jackson's Bar and Grill, uh, our mutual friend here, all three of us, we've yes. been going there for years. Uh, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. You walk in there, you mention my name, the name of this show, immediately signing up for a player's card. You get. T- By the way, you would get $10 free slot play, Kathleen. If you walk in there today and mention my name, the name of the show, the bartender gives you $10 free slot play right really? off the bat. How cool is that? You know what else they have this month? If you hit a jackpot, which Chris never hits, but if you hit a jackpot, uh, you get 10% of that in free play at Jackson's this month. That's their May promotion. So please check them out. 
Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. We love going there. It's a great place uh, to game. Great breakfast, yeah, Awesome. Too. Great food there. Yeah, oh, very the underrated. Very underrated, the food so there, So to both of you, quickly, I have a definition of bean snapper here really quickly. A person or thing, usually a female, that does harm to your erection, like physical contact or something <laughs> sexually awkward, which makes you go flaccid. And uh, they use a quote here to uh, describe it. So we were at the strip club yesterday, and this ugly chick got on stage. What a bean snapper. <laughs> Oh my God! So that's there you hysterical. go. There you go. I'm a bean snapper. How I great never, is this? I would never say that. You would probably say that about Hillary Clinton. Well, naked, I'm a bean snapper. <laughs> do you ever talk about politics in your? Act I do ever? not. No. Why? Do you feel like it divides people these days? No, I just am not a political. I'm You're not, not a political, political person. person. I'm. I'm mm. certainly not going to attempt. You know, I. I worry about guys that do it because. It doesn't matter which side you make right. fun mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Somebody's. Gonna... I think you should do both sides, right? I think if you're going to make fun of Joe Biden, which I think is very fair game, I like people that also make fun of Donald Trump. I like people that make fun of everybody because we got. I'm sure you would agree. We have a lot of wackadoodle people uh, in this country, especially yeah. some that are in office, right? Oh, so yeah. I, I like the jokes, right? If somebody's going to make fun of Donald Trump's hair or his or his fake tan, make fun of Joe Biden, calm old and, and make some old jokes. I don't have a problem with that. I think today. We need to laugh more, and I think people get too sensitive when it comes to political jokes. I like either either way. I'm not a, I'm not a Trump person, and I'm not very happy with Biden either. But I like to laugh. It's about laughing. Well, here's you know? what I find too: when people do political jokes, they don't necessarily just make fun of someone's hair or the fact that they're older. They tripped. Right. They actually hit the topics. Mm-hmm. They really hit the topics. Abortion's not a funny topic. And yeah, that's whether true. it's abortion. Oh, Oh my God. I remember when I was a brand new comic, a chick did a joke about that. About abortion? And I was so mad at her. It's it's hard to be funny with that. This was the joke she did. Can I do the joke? Sure, sure. And about seven years later, I remember the joke and I laughed out loud. Mm -hmm. She was on the stage and she goes, I just gave birth to the ugliest baby you ever saw in your entire life. And of course, the audience goes, ooh. She goes, it is. It's ugly. If you don't believe me, take a look. It's in the dumpster. Oh, oh, man. Gosh, I don't know. It is Which funny is, though. It's, it's but it's it's mean. It's cruel. But, but it's it is just funny. A joke. It's funny though. It's just a joke. And at at that <laughs> night, I was like, well, that's just disgusting. Like six years later, but it's I shock was, value. I was doing exactly, a road trip yeah. somewhere, and I remembered it, and I laughed out loud because I thought, okay, it's it is funny. But that's why I loved Howard Stern growing up because the shock oh my value. God, yeah, you, I love Howard. Right. I love a I love a joke that's like got a surprise. Like Are you twist, surprised like, though that Howard has now turned? It seems like he's turned on Trump over the years because they used to be friends, and now he's more political now. Howard talks about a lot of political issues now, yeah, he where does. he never used to do that before. Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, I've not listened to Howard in years. There's more male nudity than female nudity on the show, by the way. So Chris would probably. Well, I got to like start. Do you like male nudity, Chris? On occasion. Do you ever, do you like gladiator movies, Chris? <laughs> I like the movie Gladiator. I thought that's one, like of, one of the best movies, movies in the last t- last twenty years. That <laughs> movie was was from all Airplane. kinds Remember of outstanding. From Airplane? Yes. <laughs> Do you like but, Ka- <laughs> but to kind of expand on what we're talking about, right, Kathleen? It's not necessarily about just about politics, right? No. Even there's a lot of topics that are just social issues, right, you guys? Yeah. That, right. that are polarized and that right. get people because the, the 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 day and age we live in now, people will get fired up just about any issue. Yes. So it's not necessarily just politics that yeah. you comedians have to deal with it's the issue when it comes to subject right. kathleen can and i ask you a serious re- question people get really but i've i've seen guys blow up at a comic for yeah. years yeah. i saw 
a guy attack a guy. Oh, no. Like, rush the stage, and then the guy on the stage rushed the guy, mm-hmm. and they landed on the table and rolled around. It was hysterical. Kathleen, be honest. Serious question. If you had to spend a night with somebody, would it be Donald Trump or Bill Clinton? Be honest. Trump. Why? Tell me why. Um... Do you find him attractive at all? No. You don't? I just think he'd be a more interesting conversation. Why did Melania marry him then? Because she's a very beautiful woman. She probably loves him. You think it's money or do you think she did it because she does truly love him? I think she truly loves him. Do you think they're in love? Yeah. Because I tend to think that they're not. Am I wrong in assuming that? Well, I don't... I can say the same about Hillary and Bill Clinton. I don't think they're in love. How about the music? Why would she? Why would he? I like he's it. disappeared. Have you noticed that? Bill, he has. I haven't right. seen Bill. Where's he been? She's since right. Since the inauguration. Where's you're right? Is it health? You think? I don't know. I don't know. No, but what do you make of that marriage between well, Bill and Hillary? Well, if you were married to Hillary, wouldn't you disappear? Do you believe Hillary just stuck with Bill just for political reasons? Because he, he's cheated on her multiple times. We know that, and I, I don't think Bill is a very nice human being. I, I'll be the first one to admit it. He probably has sexually assaulted women. Um, why do you think she's stuck with him over the years? I don't know. Politi- probably political. Probably political. Because I, I know, know a lot of women that don't have respect for her, not because of her politics or her intelligence, because of that relationship. Well, it's know? the old stand by your man. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there I was do. a great comic did a great joke I knew years ago. Do you know there were a lot of attempts mm-hmm. on Bill's life? Every president, I think, probably mm-hmm. since George Washington have had assassination yeah. attempts sure. on yeah. the president's life. And this guy said that there were over seven assassination attempts on Bill Clinton's life, but every single person messed it up. Like they didn't follow the directions. Even Monica Lewinsky was supposed to blow his brains out. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that one. Monica Lewinsky. I haven't yep. heard that name in right, a while. Right. Who do you think? Do you do you think Trump is going to run again in 2024? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do, do, I, I, I could be crazy, but didn't you just say that she wasn't a political person and you're asking her political questions? Well, Jeff? you know, I, I like to pick her brain I a little like bit. <laughs> Right, so yeah, Kathleen, I'm not. I'm not real political. I get but, it, hey, I can get I? Um, I want you to plug your shows because okay. uh, one of the places where, where you're performing actually tonight yes. uh, is at the Rio at the Comedy Cellar, mm-hmm. which is a great comedy club. There, talk to me about phenomenal this. phenomenal yeah. club. Uh, two shows every night, mm-hmm. seven o'clock and nine thirty. Um, it's right in the middle of the Rio. It's a great club. It uh, is out of the out of the New York uh, based Comedy Cellar. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We got great comics tonight. Um, we've got. Um, Brian Scalero is mm-hmm. there. Uh, Tricks is there. Rick D'Elia, one of my mm-hmm. favorite comics yep. in the whole world. Seen him. And yep. Michael Yo and myself. Mm-hmm. I'll be hosting tonight, tomorrow, and then the rest of the week I'll just be doing a regular spot. Great, um, great spot. And you know what I like about that place? You're going to get a lot of locals in there. It's not like we, as touristy. You're going to get some tourists, but we it's, get some. I like the locals. You know, I like. Here's I like, what's funny though. We always ask. He goes, "Who's here staying at the Rio?" Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Staying at the Rio on that, place. and you perform at Brad. You, you've performed plenty of times at yes. Brad Garrett's comedy. Yes. Brad Garrett is a great guy, by the way. Great I, guy, brilliant comic. And there's a funny. You talk about a brutal, brilliant funny guy. You know what I love about? Oh him? my God, I love. But I love that though. He doesn't hold back. He, he just care. crushes he people. Just crushes. What do you think he would say about Chris? Like he walks on stage and he sees Chris Wynn sitting front row. Like, How do you think he would go after Chris? He would. He would just say, "You're just a sad man," and I would just give you a hug. 
We have to admit, though, myself and Brian, we love the insult. We love the comics that oh, like to razz the audience members. Yeah. You know, yes. that's kind of like their stick. We, the last we kinda, show we, we were that. at, the last show we were at, we were sitting front row. I believe it was yeah. a Pauly Shore show, and there was a it guy was. that was opening up for Pauly. And I'm sitting there, and I'm dressed decent, you know, and, and I don't remember how he's dressed. So it, the comic comes up, and he looks at me, and he goes, oh, you look like a rock star. And this guy looks like the guy who's trying to get backstage to get a picture <laughs> with you. <laughs> I just thought that was wow. And he was spot on. He, he I, nailed I, it. I couldn't argue with him there. He was he was right there <laughs> with it. But. One of the things I love about this job, I think I'm good at that. I'm able to read people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Like one night, all Vegas, right? One night this, and it was Brad Garrett's club, yep. right? And there's this hot woman in the front row. She's stunning. Mm-hmm. You know, thin, long legs, cross this great little oh, I thought you were going to say Hillary was front row. Next mm-hmm. to her, I said hot. Um... <laughs> Next to her is this kind of a nerdy guy with khaki pants and a golf shirt that's tucked into his oh, pants. Oh, no. And I was looked at Gates? them. I said, how <laughs> long have you two been dating? And they both looked at me like, um, uh, jump. And I went, oh. And she went like this. She goes, <laughs> she winks at me. And I realized, oh, this is a profession. Yeah. This is a professional date. He paid for date. it. Yeah. And I says, well, I hope he paid for dinner, too. <laughs> Just didn't bring it to a damn comedy club. I love that. I love that kind of humor. I thought Bobby Slayton is like the best at that. Like, oh, Bobby's great. Uh, you know, just messing with people. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of some some of the others uh, that that I've seen well, over look, the years. Vinny Favorino. Ian Bag. Vinny Favorino was actually very good, good at, at that. that too. Ian Bag is is another uh, local comic, but uh, I, 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 yeah. there's some people in town that are not um, too fond of Vinny Favorito for a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, off the I've off, heard off the stage. There's a lot. I've of things heard rumors that he. I've heard, Let's put it that way. Right. I'll, I can say this. Yes. I've heard rumors. Rumors allegedly that he owes a lot it's of not people rumors. money in this. It's not rumors. It's not, it's not rumors. rumors. Yeah. It's 100. I know two people yeah. he owes degenerate, a lot of money exactly. to. Yeah. Two words: degenerate gambler. And then people, <laughs> yes, people said, "Oh, he went back to Boston." Oh, and he's not in Boston. Yeah. If he was in Boston, yeah. they would. You don't think he's caused problems? But in I Boston heard that. Too? I like Andrew Dice yeah. Clay, but I've heard he's he's got a big gambling issue here, and he had to. Pay, I've heard he had to pay off markers, and he was performing at the Hard Rock. Just because he had to pay off markers over Well, there. different thing to pay off a marker than pay off a friend. Well, that's true. That's true. Their whole life savings. That's scummy. You're that's absolutely right. That's a scumbag right. job. You're, listen, I, he wanted yeah. to do, I'm going to be honest, I'll say, he wanted to do a radio show with me, and I wouldn't do it with him because of his reputation. He wanted to do a show with me, and, and I heard from numerous people in town mm-hmm. that Vinny, no good. He's disappeared. Or as my mom would say, nishkit. It's a Jewish thing. Not good. Another guy that you got a chance to work with, too, <laughs> Kathleen, is Dave Attell. And you think about the world of comedy, right? Dave's kind of one of those guys. He's kind of like a cult hero, right? Oh, I mean, he's and not a cult way like a, like a like a Charlie Manson no, cult. No, no, not in a I'm white supremacist like, way. Yeah. Like he's like he's kind of like his own. He's got his own little thing. What was it yeah. like working with him? He was so sweet. Well, I was at the cellar Sunday night, and mm-hmm. he came in a day early, yeah. just to check out the room because it's a long drive, a yeah. long drive, a long flight from New York. Yeah. It's a really long drive, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a long flight. So he came in Sunday and came into the show and did a little did a little guest spot. Yeah. And he saw me and he goes, "You're funny." He goes, "You want to open for me tomorrow night?" And I go, let me think about that. Yes. That is so. That <laughs> so is. What is that like for you? I cancel my wedding, and I said, I'm. <laughs> How cool is that? A guy like David Tell, who yeah. recognizable, one of the most successful comedians certainly of my generation, and here you are in your profession, and he comes up to you and he says, I want to work with you. Well, I was, old fat lady. That's what incredible. Are you me? Yeah. That's, isn't that cool? And he's he's so sweet. Yeah. You know, when you talk to him, he's like this little sweet guy. I got the impression he doesn't think he's this big deal. Like, he doesn't think he's this big... He's a modest guy. He's a very modest Basically the guy. opposite of Bill Maher, and then, basically. And then, it, it, that's the perfect comparison. Yep, yep. But then, when you hear him on stage... Oh, he's brilliant. You know, he has yep. this unedited, unfiltered... 
brilliant, brilliant like Chappelle. timing. Yes. I've met Chappelle. So Chappelle, Chappelle's a big boxing fan. So mm-hmm. he usually comes to town. I, I go up to him, and we were talking about the movie Con Air and, and just about his career. And like he was asking me questions about like radio and when, like just yeah. like he cared, you know, because he, yeah. he just genuine. And like this is Dave Chappelle I'm talking to. I'm having yeah. you know, and like I'm like you know, some people you go <sighs> up to them and they're just like ah, take your picture, get the hell out of here. And then there's yes. and then there's some people that they actually want to engage, and uh, as long as you're not being a jerk. And and right. Dave Chappelle is one of those guys. Obviously, David Tell, I've met him as well. Bob he's Saget sweetheart. was one of those people. Oh, Saget yeah. was sweetheart. You've worked with and Arsenio Hall. You worked. I think he's another oh one of those God. guys, right? Arsenio was a doll. Isn't he great? What a who, sweet who, guy. Who, who, who. I I and you're talking Arsenio. about Arsenio. You're talking about a guy who was on top of the mountain. Oh, you're talking yeah. about somebody who had a, a late, like, back in the 90s. Yes. Arsenio yeah. Hall was, like, he was Jimmy, the dude. Like, like Johnny yeah. Carson. Yeah. You know? Great and, guy. Uh, great yeah, guy. It had to be great to work with I'm him, too. I'm trying to find the guts to go ask him if I can take a picture with him. Right. And he walks over to me and goes, would you mind if we got a picture together? And I go, no, I'm kind of busy. <laughs> Isn't I that said, cool? No, though? Of course. You've... And I said I was just going to ask you. He goes, "Oh, he goes whatever you want." And Isn't that cool? He was just And again, we've all met, you've met some, so many celebrities too when they're not It's disappointing. Cool, it's it it yeah. doesn't it change how it you does. It cha- how you feel no about it. No question about it. Especially people yeah. in the sports world when I meet somebody yeah. that's a jerk, I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm never going to root for that guy ever again." LeBron yeah. James is one of those guys for me. Uh, you know, he's got a good heart. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I remember I was at a uh, Oh, quick story. USA basketball practice here. LeBron and Kobe are in the gym. The late Kobe Bryant. I hate saying that. There were 20 underprivileged kids from the YMCA that were in the gym. They waited three hours just to get a quick autograph. So Kobe walks by them. Not only does he sign an autograph and take a picture with every one of them, but just like I was talking about, he's engaging them. So you basketball player, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, wow, what a cool guy. What does LeBron do? And by the way, they weren't in a rush to get anywhere. They were all going on the same team bus. He walks past every single one of them. Now, with that being said... LeBron opened up a high school, you know, a mm-hmm. school yeah. in Ohio. He's done some great things. It's real easy to sign a check. True. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of she time does, to stop and talk to someone. She Fair does. Point. She does make a very good point yeah. there. I don't want to paint him out to be this horrible human being, but there's a, there was a difference that I saw where I said I'm always going to be a Kobe guy now. And I grew up a Celtics fan, uh, loved Kobe, and it took me, it hit me hard when he passed away. And then you know I say I'm never going to root for LeBron again. You know, you yeah. see, everybody has a bad day. I totally understand yeah. that. This is a bad day for, obviously, Kathleen, because she has to be here with us idiots. Well, for, kindness for is free. Kindness is free. <laughs> right. And when somebody has to pay for something to make up for the fact right. that they've not been kind. And I, I've had my moments. I was at the Comedy Festival at the Stardust, mm-hmm. 2002. Wow, the Stardust. And it was, it was the morning of the last day of the festival, and I was staying at the Stardust. I'd not slept at all any night and just they had me working from eight in the morning till midnight and it was exhausting mm. and i got up and i didn't look good kind of like now you know not you hair done fine. but anyway <laughs> and i'm walking through this thing and this little boy comes up to me with his mom he goes can i get a picture with you i says can you catch me later tonight mm-hmm. when i have my makeup done and my hair done that's understandable and i watch this little boy's face yeah. just like yeah. So I'd love to go back and find... He's probably a grown-up man now. Maybe we could date. That's possible. Well, um, he probably is a grown-up man, right? Yeah. It's 2022 now. That's 20 yeah. years ago. But that's yeah. understandable. Listen. But I was just like, dude, I was just tr- yeah. literally trying to get somewhere quickly and mentally and physically drained. So I get that I, that happens. There's circumstances, but sure. But when you hear time and time and time again, and I've heard right. that about LeBron, yeah. that he's just... And, and for Kobe to take 
Time is the most valuable so thing cool. you have. So cool. Yeah. And, and, I, and I looked at that and I said, you know, this is somebody that I have to root for. Uh, no, I, I loved Kobe. That was heartbreaking. Ho- totally somebody heartbreaking. Somebody posted that and I went, you liar. Yeah. Don't you say that on Facebook. That's wrong. Yeah, Kobe Kobe was a legend. Well, you know what, Kathleen, i got to say this, man. I, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of stand-up comics here in Las Vegas, nationally, locally. You've always been one of my favorites. I love, oh, aren't you sweet? I love your real, your real humor, you know, real Thank life you. stuff. You know, they always say there's always a little bit of seriousness to a joke. That's Kathleen, and that's why I, I just I've always connected uh, with your humor. I just think you're fantastic, and I'm glad you live here in Las Vegas. And maybe we'll see you at Jackson sometime. Huh? You I, will I, see me at. Ja- I usually go there during the day, like I'd say eleven to two or three. Okay, cool. If I'm there, that's cool. when I'm cool. there. Cool. Well, I'm on the air noon to two, so that might be a problem for me. But afterwards, okay. maybe. Kathleen, I, I really thank do. you. Thank you. So, social media, anything you want to give out? Uh, your oh, website. Um, your no, website. FunnyDunbar.com. Which I is checked my out. Website. Good website. Yeah. Yep. And you can connect with Facebook. I'm not. Uh, I'm not an Instagram gal. Gotcha. And I deleted my Twitter. I don't blame you. A lot of people uh, are these days. um, (laughs) Why deleted mine a year and a half ago? Maybe not. It's a cesspool of hatred. So let's. It is just a cesspool of hatred. And I thought I don't want to. uh, I don't want to be part of all this poison. Can't say I blame you. You're going to be at the Comedy Cellar performing two shows tonight. If you want to see Kathleen, if you've never seen her before, you're in for a treat. Buy tickets tonight at the Rio, the Comedy Cellar. Kathleen will be there, uh, and and she's one of the best in the business. Kathleen Dunbar, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Brian. You're the best. All right, and hey, we got to take a 22-hour break. That's it, man. Show's over. Time to grab some lunch. Back for more tomorrow for you, yes. though, Mr. Shapiro. Get, you can go get some Jackson food right now. I That's can, right. I can absolutely go down do that road. And yes. I'm not afraid, as you can see by my physique. Not a bad idea. I'm never afraid to do hey, that. Hey, we got a gold medalist coming in studio tomorrow. Miss Williams from the Las Vegas Aces, who's the general manager. Uh, she's going to be joining us. Uh, she won a gold medal in the Olympics, uh, so it's going to be a lot of Aces fun. Aces tonight. Yes, Aces game tonight against the Sparks. That's it, folks. It's a wrap. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.